Hey guys, Diodonis here, host of What's With Millennials Podcast. To give you a very special message for your ear holes, on this episode we have special guest Alexis Marin, who is a drama therapist with a bachelor's from UCLA in musical theater and her master's from New York University in drama therapy. Now, she has worked in rehabilitation centers and and treatment centers to help people deal with addiction to drugs, sex, and love. Lord knows I probably need a couple of minutes with this woman. But uh, Alexis Marin, now, th- this lady right here is our fairy godmother. And, and when it comes to all forms of understanding ourselves, and she has graced us with her presence because she believes that every one of us are the future. So without any further hesitation on this episode, we talk about friends with benefits and monogamy today. Enjoy. In a world where millennials have no idea what the f*** they're doing with their lives. And now, What's With Millennials Podcast. One day, a group of concerned citizens got together to conduct an experiment. They wondered, what would happen if you mixed together smartphones, mocha frappuccinos, and college debts? When all was said and done, this is what they got. Three, two, one. Welcome to the show that is a part-time safe space for all genders. What's with Millennials Podcast. And now, here are your hosts of the show. Hello and welcome to a brand spanking new What's with Millennials Podcast, where we talk about pop culture, tech, and media. I'm your host, Deodonis, sitting here with our co-host. Truex. Karee. Yeah, and special guest, Alexis Marin, drama therapist with experience in the field of communication, sex, and relationships, and lifestyle. How is it going today, Alexis? You know, if I were any better, there would be two of me. I'm doing well, guys. (laughs) Awesome. Um, So how's everyone's week going so far? Chris, how's your week going, man? You know what? I can't complain, man. Uh, Work's been good. I, I got my daughters. I got this weekend off. So, you know, life's good. Met a girl. I'm happy about that. Oh, there that. you go. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Tell me about that. Oh, yeah. She, she's beautiful. and uh, Nice. I, I can see this going pretty far, so I'm oh, happy. Awesome, awesome. Make sure you direct your questions to Alexis while she's here then. <laughs> Karee, the, the guy who has no problems with getting women that I'm jealous of. Uh, How, how's your everything's rate? good, man. Um, I thought I was going to get laid off my job. Called my union boss. He's like, nah, man, they can't fire you over that. So I'm all good. Yeah. Nice. I like that. I like not getting fired. That's definitely a plus. <laughs> Alexis, how's your week been going so far? My week has been great. Um, I am ramping down towards a Jamaican vacation in September, so every day that gets me closer to that is a good day. <laughs> so I'm, I'm okay. I'm doing well. I am a little jealous. <laughs> Jamaican I, vacation. I know. Sorry, guys. Yeah, Sorry, guys. Yeah. Way to rub that one in. <laughs> there you go. That's nice. I've actually uh, been to Jamaica once. And the waters are ridiculously clear. 
really. I'm looking forward to that. What part of Jamaica did you go oh, to? I have no idea. It's whatever the it was on a cruise. So whatever okay. side, yeah, they just dumped us on and we kind of explored. So it probably wasn't like the deep, deep, like the, you know how, like whenever you go on vacation to like the tourist part of any country, it's not like the real country. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So like we did, yes. we did one of those. So yeah, it, it, it was a tour. It was a, a vacation to Jamaica while it wasn't really a vacation in Jamaica. <laughs> but yeah, but, um, go ahead. I was going to say, it was a Jamaican pit stop. It yeah. wasn't really uh, <laughs> experience the culture. Yeah. yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so um, the topic for this week is friends with benefits. Um, but yeah, so before we get started with that, we're going to go ahead and get started with our first segment, which is called If You've Been Living Under a Rock with Announcer Man. <clears throat> Love, lust, and relationships is more than a kick-ass book title name. Free love is back with a vengeance. With non-monogamous relationships appearing to be steadily climbing, here enters Friends with Benefits, or FWB. Friends with Benefits. Friends with Benefits is where two people agree to exchange sexual acts with each other with no strings attached. Is this a newfound way to solve our commitment problems? Or are the young sweeping their emotional problems under a broken heart-shaped rug? This has been If You've Been Living Under a Rock. All right, guys. So first impressions, and I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Alexis. Alexis, do you feel millennials have commitment problems? Ooh, and that is you're starting with the one million dollar question, and I'm either going to make a lot of friends or a lot of enemies very, very quickly with this answer. Um, I think it's I think it's twofold to answer that question. Okay. Um, I I think deep down um, everybody still wants the same thing, and when I say everybody, I mean people that are older than millennials, mm-hmm. people that are younger than millennials. We are all in search of a true and real and honest connection. Mm -hmm. And over time, we've called that commitment. And so I think deep down, we also want that. I think what's happening with millennials, what's present there is that we're noticing a trend and that there is an actual, not necessarily fear of commitment, but discomfort with that word, um, because we are living in an era uh, where we have lots and lots of different options. So to become committed to something, in quotation marks, makes us feel like we are sort of tied down to something or we cannot explore other options. And so, you know, you may have um, a couple that date for six months or so, kind of fall in love with each other, and then someone ghosts, someone sort of disappears, and it's because they realize, oh, my gosh, if I continue down the road of this commitment, I'm closing myself off to other options, which is possibly where you'll get in the conversation we're going to talk about maybe open relationships Mm -hmm. or, you know, um, consensual non-monogamous relationships. I think maybe that's where the trend is going because we're all still looking for the connection, but we're really uncomfortable with that. Um, Having one deep connection means I can't have multiple ones. Absolutely. Now, you you brought up a good point of uh, a new kind. I don't know if it's new, but um, something called ghosting. Now, um, can you explain a little bit uh, what what ghosting means to our listeners who don't know what that is? 
Sure, yeah. Um, we've probably all been ghosted in some way or another. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be in a romantic relationship that somebody can be ghosted. So long story short, ghosted is um, you create a connection, a relationship with someone, you have a pattern of communication, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden one of those people in that partnership just drops off the face of the earth. If you're used to texting with someone or FaceTiming or mm-hmm. liking somebody's Instagram every single day, and then all of a sudden that person just drops off and you never get a reason, you never get any closure, you don't understand what happens, that person may be in a ditch somewhere and you don't know, or they may have just <laughs> said, you know what, it's too awkward for me to say how I feel, so I'm just going to disappear. And that's what happens. Yeah. Um, it's happening more and more because people don't like confrontation. That's what it boils down to. Yeah, I feel like it's it's almost like we uh, we're not trained well on our social cues, because uh, yeah. we're not expected um, in, in in other aspects of our life to to have to face that kind of thing. Now, Karee, being someone who's let down a lot of girls, <laughs> being someone who's let down, I've been let down, I've been let down. I, I, I know, yeah. but um, have have you ever ghosted anyone? <laughs> yeah, of me personally. Oh, oh. Uh, Karee, Karee. Great. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course, I have. Um, now, what was your reasoning for ghosting? It's, it's also happened to me, too. Um, I can't, let me, I got to think for a second. You sleazeball, you know why. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, yeah, it, it's pretty much what she said. Like, it's, you, you get to the point to where you, you're going to hurt their feelings regardless. Mm-hmm. So you do your best to give them closure. So you say, look, you know, wherever this is going, wherever you thought, this was going and where I thought it was going are two completely different things. So I'm not interested. However, the person may or not may usually lingers. So they'll still be, Oh, you left your hat at my house. I got to come by your house for all day. And then it gets to a point where it's like, all right, I got to change my number. I got to, I got to do something to block them from all social media, something just to get away from them and just ignore their calls and just leave it at that. Because a lot of my re- a lot of my reasoning behind it is they will not they won't get the hint that I'm no longer interested. Mm. So it's not picking once again not picking up on those social cues. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> from, like from my leave me alone. Yeah, <laughs> I mean you can't be like get the get the hell out of here. I I hate you. It's just you Why try not? to put it in a way. Yeah, it's not nice. Just to be like get just face palm the girl. <laughs> yeah. keep her at arm's length. <laughs> You're too close, problem. man. <laughs> <laughs> But um, another good point, you know, you know that uh, you brought up, Alexis, you know, a, a majority of relationships, you know, start in online dating now. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, from my personal experience, I found that most of the people on online dating sites aren't really taking it too seriously. You know, what is your personal opinion on online dating when it comes to the dating establishment world? Hmm. Well, I think it sort of depends upon the the online dating site that you're using or the app that you're using, for example. You know, mm-hmm. so um, we have so many different options these days. So if you are doing something more like Match.com or OkCupid or something like that, where you actually have to put some time and thought into your profile and your pictures that you choose and things like that, I think maybe there people are a little bit more invested um, I have found that the mobile app like Tinder or Grinder or Bumble or Thrinder or whatever is out there these days where you really don't have to put that much time or energy into it. It connects to your Facebook profile and there you go. That Those are more likely used just for us, we were saying, sort of the, the hookup app or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have, I have seen and, and heard that on Tinder profiles that more and more people are starting to write on there 
um, looking for the real thing, not just there for a hookup. We're actually having to specify that now Mm -hmm. um, because as, as the maturity of online dating apps continues to grow, um, we are realizing that more and more people are turning to that as an option because Mm -hmm. the Adonis, as you were saying, you know, we're just getting really poor at being able to read social cues. So people would rather start online and sort of get that awkward, hey, do you like me? Am I interested moment out of the way virtually as opposed to in person and and sort of go from there. Um, So, uh, yeah, online online dating apps, they they are not just for hookups anymore. I think that's kind of where the trend is going. Yet at the same time, I also see that um, it is sort of, used as, um, well, I'm bored on a Saturday night, so let me swipe right a couple of times and uh, see who I can hook up with. Yeah. This is like a last-minute resort, right? Yeah. yeah. Hey, Alexis, this is uh, Chris. I, I, I do have a question for you. Do you, do you think that, that online dating and social media is maybe one of the causes that are leading to people to keep their options open and not have a, a serious relationship and find that one that, that they're searching for? Do you think maybe that has some cause and some angst of, of people actually committing? Uh, I do. I do see a bit of a correlation there. Um, you know, as we keep saying, um, online dating apps, things like that, you know, let's just use Tinder, for example, since it's kind of one of the most prominent ones right now. I think it just gives people too much of an easy out. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, for example, when I was in high school, I'm 36. So when I was in high school, we didn't have any of those types of things yet when I was starting to date. And if you wanted to go to prom with someone or hang out with someone, you actually had to walk up to that person and face to face make contact <laughs> yes. with them. Yes. Like, I know this sounds foreign to Ew, you guys. Gross. Um, <laughs> but actually have a conversation and make a fool out of yourself if, if, they, that that person said no, or that was the fear, right? Right. So now we don't we don't have that as much. So you can make a, a fool out of yourself in quotation marks again as many times as you want because you can send out all of these requests for a date on Saturday night virtually mm-hmm. and be rejected, and it doesn't really matter as much. So, but what that does is it doesn't give you that immediately that immediate bonding. Um, experience that you have when you do something face-to-face, which oftentimes right. leads to longer, deeper, more connected relationships. You, you, you don't get that you, honeymoon stage kind of. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. You're not going through this awkward thing together. I mean, I guess you are going through something mm-hmm. awkward together, but it's just, um, it's not as meaningful now, I, yeah. I suppose what it means. You know so, what? I, you just have so many options. You know what? I, I completely disagree. I think... Nowadays we got more game. I think nowadays we got more game. How do I know? Cree spit some real quick. Spit some real quick. Well, the, the thing um, I you actually answered my question as far as um, how it affects people when, like, like okay, from from my experience, I and at at Sacramento City College. I'll go up to girls, I'll approach them, and they'll almost look at me like, oh my God, this guy's talking to me, and they don't even know how to respond. <laughs> or they'll just be so, you could just tell just by their body language, just so nervous because they've never actually had the one-on-one conversation with the dude who says, hey, look, I think you're I think you're cute. You know what, I'm walking this way, can I just walk and talk with you? They just are like, oh, oh my God, the guy's talking to me, and he's not on my phone. <laughs> what, what, what do I do, what do I do? But do, do you think... Um, 
do you think that'll have long-term effects on the next generation as far as how people interact? Just as far as, I mean, I already know social media affects social interactions, but do you think the dating game has completely changed just because of that? Or do you think there will be some sort of, how do I say this? Do you think there'll be some sort of um, change? How do I put this? Yeah. Do you think there'll be just some sort of... Has online dating Screwed affected- up approaching women. That's, that's my simple mm. question. You know what? Yeah. It absolutely has. Go ahead, Deodonis. What were you going to say? <laughs> no, I was, I was going to say, no, it absolutely has. Like, just the complexity of of how we interact with each other, like your, your experience that you were just talking about. Like, um, it, it's almost become a novelty to, or like a throwback to, to talk to someone face to face or approach someone, um, you know, out of the blue. Yeah. You know, my personal experience over here, you know, is the best way to, to kind of talk to someone face to face is the best way to hit on someone is to not hit on someone. Just to talk to them, which is a weird concept. I mean, because like you, you think about back in the days, uh, what was it sixties where they had the gold chains and the the the, the fly suits and stuff. They <laughs> the, go up the to fresh women, baby, pickup lines. Yeah. Like, baby, baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's it. I think it definitely has changed. It has affected the complexity of it. But Alexis, uh, how do you feel online dating has changed how we approach people now? Sure. Um, I think it's changed the fairy tale. And let me, let me explain what that means. So how it's changed the fairy tale is that, and I'll, I'll speak from a, from a woman's perspective. So, you know, we grew up with, with this idea that some, some man is going to see us, uh, you know, across the room and is going to glide over and tell us that we're gorgeous and going to offer us a ring right away. And everything's going to be beautiful you, and, and magical. You, right? you, you haven't met Karee. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, um, so, you know, we, that's a fairy tale that we grew up with. And then it changed to, oh, you know, I'm going to go to the grocery store and some guy is going to come up to me into the, the frozen food aisle and, and tell me that I'm so beautiful that I melt all the ice cream. And then we go from there. Ooh, and then I'll the next fairy that's tale. A <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one, guys. You, you can keep that one. Oh, yeah. um, the, and then the next fairy tale is, oh, gosh, you know, I, I met this guy online and, and he was so sweet and he took me out for coffee. And then... You know, so I think, as I said, you know, the fairy tale is changing. We're starting to incorporate online dating and into that perfect option for us. It's not as strange anymore to say, oh, I met my boyfriend online. We don't have as much shame or yeah. stigma around it. So I think it's becoming, you know, more acceptable. And at the same time, I think for women, there there still is a big big part of us that wants to go. Oh, I met him organically. I, I hear that a lot. Oh, no, I met absolutely. him organically. And it's like, well, what does that mean? And usually, they, it does mean like, oh, I met him at the grocery store. And to your point, Diadonis, it was more like, oh, he just started talking to me, and we were talking about how great food's good for the skin, as opposed to feeling like she was being stalked or hit on at a bar or something like that. That's how you know. That's how you know they got gotcha. you. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's another thing that's starting to happen is where. Um, I've had I've had girls say this guy's just being a creeper. I was like, "What's he doing?" Well, he asked me for my number, and I was like, "What? He thinks you're cute? Just either say no or yes." So, and then he keeps asking me, "Why don't you just shut everything down and just be like, look, 'Look, I'm not interested, dude. Leave me alone.'" It and that's the whole thing with people not wanting to be the bad guy or viewed as a bad guy just by saying, "I'm not interested in you." 
Well, I, I think that's a that's a part of society altogether. That's that's learning to not hurt other people's feelings, and I, I think that's uh, kind of where we're seeing relationships go awry too, is people don't talk yeah. their feelings out and figure stuff out. What do, what, what do you think, Alexis, on that one? Yeah, definitely. I think we, um, you know, millennials in particular have this stigma that they're more sensitive than generations coming before or after it, which I don't know if, if that's necessarily true or not. Are they are they more aware? Perhaps. I think that's a, a better word to use. Um, but I do, I do think that um, back to ghosting, sometimes ghosting comes from actually a good intent, like you were saying. Like, I just don't want to have to say to that person, I'm really not interested or I don't like you or there's something about it that's not compatible. Mm-hmm. But if anything, what I, what I wish that people would understand from that is that actually the best gift, the kindest thing you can do to someone is offer them the closure that they need or give them something to hold on to. And it doesn't need to be cruel. So you can say to a person, you know, hey, we had a great couple of dates and I do think you're a great person and we're just not a match. So best of luck. And even though that may feel like that's, you know, a hit to the jugular, um, that is going to help a person get over you or start to heal or move on so much faster than just leaving something hanging, right? So um, you, you're you trying to do it because you are trying to be sensitive to how the other person feels, but in actuality, the most sensitive you can be is to offer something like that or just to be straightforward. Um, I think straightforwardness is something that's missing with the online dating world. Not, not a lot of people are straightforward with their intent or what they want and what dating looks like to them today because it is, it is changing what dating looks like. Absolutely. That sounds like a customer coming in to buy a car. <laughs> Buyers are liars. <laughs> Absolutely. But you know, what, you know what the real problem is? You guys know what the real, real problem is? We are put now in this open sea. Like dating used to be like a stream. Right. And you you would see the general people around in your area and you'd be like, OK, this is what I have to choose from. And then marriage was more taboo for you to get a divorce. Right. So now we're put into this big open ocean, <laughs> just a sea full of people. And, you know, it's if if you're always thinking, hey, there's there's someone out there that's just a little bit better, a little bit cuter, a little bit like Deodonis. <laughs> and like well, I'll, I'll find them in time <laughs> I'll find them I I'll, can leave the person I'm with and go find Deodonis' twin but I digress look it's it's more complex like you know like I was saying it, it's more complex and um, it, it's with with, with the, these different facets of um, of dealing with love how we now we now have friends with benefits um, I, I almost feel like that's avoiding avoiding um, you know not necessarily avoiding a monogamy, but avoiding like a commitment to someone because you want to keep your options open. But but my thing is, what's wrong with not being committed? Like, what? Why does? Because it, it just seems like there's this whole thing of you have to. By this age, you have to have a girlfriend. By this age, you have to get engaged. By this age, you have to be married. And in today's society, it doesn't make sense to get married. I mean, at, mm-hmm. at one point, it was because women didn't work. Um, and they needed a man. Um, another point, it was further back, it was to combine kingdoms and, yeah. or combine land. Before that, it was, okay, the man protects the woman from whatever predators, other tribes. So 
I nowadays, still, I still like, do that. women I still don't do that. need a man. With as many women graduating college and so many women having careers, lucrative careers, where they're like, why would I marry this dude and screw all that up? I think commitment young is not an issue. I think it's when you're pushing it back further and further and further and you're 40 some odd and you're still single. Like What's wrong with that? To, Because in that aspect, then when do you start your family? But who? But, but that's the thing is like, see, I, I, you need a family. I see what Karee's saying is not everybody has that desire to maybe settle down and have that one person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, going back to Alexis's point, uh, it, one of her first points is, is, is that, uh, Nowadays, not everybody wants that monogamous re- relationship where it's, yeah. it's just you and one other person. It's, it's just, just kind of. But but I I think that's also kind of where we're seeing a lot of um, broken families and and everything else where we we're, we start seeing everything yeah. falling apart. Uh, but also, but not everybody does want that. And there's yeah. certain people that do, like myself, and cer- certain people that don't. But the other thing too is uh, I I think a lot of millennials. Um, went through divorce growing up. So they see that and like, shoot, man, I do not want to see that would happen to me. Yeah. And then when, like, you know how when us guys are younger, we go through our quote unquote phase or we're just sleeping with anything and everything. And why can't girls have that? They're like, look, I finished college. I'm making cool money. Why would I set? Why would I? I just want to sleep with this dude for a minute and date this guy for a minute. Yeah. Why not? What's wrong with that? See, this is why I believe in equality. Because I try to find every girl and make her as slutty as I can. As possible. <laughs> as much as I can. That's my mission. For equality. For equality, guys. Equality. For equality. What, what, do you think, what do you think about what we said, Alexa? Everyone, equal, every, everyone equally equally should have some Deodonis. Is, that, should, is, that, is that what you're thinking? I'm saying... That the slutiness should be spread around the people. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. But um, <laughs> um, we're going to go ahead and um, get over to our next segment, which is listener mail. Wake the f*** up. And this one is from Jess. Hey, Jess. Hi, Jess. All right. Jess writes, Dear WWM crew, what contributes to the decrease in marriage, Jess? I'm going to turn this over to Alexis. Ooh, good one. Well, you guys were sort of just were talking about that, what, what's um, contributing to the decrease in marriage. Um, you know, I think it is part of the mindset that women don't need it anymore. So we're moving from the category of need to want. Um, usually, uh, marriage is, is the desire for marriage is driven by the woman, even though it is the man typically that does the asking, um, you know, traditionally. So we're, we're sort of waiting around for the ring or the proposal or something like that. But there are more and more conversations happening where men and women, same-sex couples, you know, they're, they're looking at each other and going, what exactly is the, the point? So um, if you don't have religious connections to marriage and what that, what that means, then you have to go to the next thing. Well, would we get married because we have something financially that that would benefit us from? Not always. Um, am I getting married solely for my family? Some people do that. Um, you know, and some people just look at it as a hassle. And some people feel like you're actually more committed if you find a way to stay with each other and you don't have that legal binding document that makes you feel like you are forced to stay. Um, so I think, you know, all of those, those factors kind of rolled into one, people are realizing we don't have to do this anymore to keep our land, to keep safe. We can have children together and we can raise them and they can be successful. And so 
all of the very ancient reasons why it used to be something to do have kind of fallen by the wayside. Um, one reason I continue to support marriage for myself, and um, it doesn't necessarily have to be for other people, is that I still fall in a category where um, I think once people get married, the people around you tend to rally around your relationship and support your relationship um, in a different way. So mm-hmm. people attend your wedding, they realize, oh, these people are serious now. So if you, you know, I go to my best friend and I say, oh, I'm having a hard time with my husband versus I'm having a hard time with my boyfriend, I get two very different responses. If mm-hmm. I go to my best friend and I say, oh, I'm having a hard time with my boyfriend, she'll probably say, break up with his ass. Like, you don't need him, right? Get over it. Um, if I say I'm, I'm having a hard time with my husband, the response is going to be, oh, well, have you thought about counseling? Maybe you should go see somebody. You know, mm-hmm. there's just a different response. And so I still think there is some value in the community about the, how people look at the seriousness of their relationship. But, but long story short, like you guys were saying, I mean, all of the, the tenets of it have just sort of fallen away in today's society. So we don't need it anymore. I, I happen to actually kind of agree with you on that. Me being married and divorced myself, uh, when you actually get married, it, it, it actually changes how you feel about that person into a deeper level. Um, I didn't, think that was true until I actually got married and then your, your feelings become a lot stronger because now it's actually serious and it's for real and you're you have a family and everything's combined and you, you become one person with with your other half uh, the and and I think preserving that actually is a big deal because when you it, when you do divorce or you split if you, that happens it actually it, it takes a long time for you to actually figure out who you are again without that person and without the kids in your life all the time um what do you think that's kind of a, something that that maybe everyone's falling away from now and they don't want that anymore yeah i i, I definitely think that the um the pressure of that too of what that means to sort of dedicate your life to somebody else to sort of become become one with somebody else that's that's pretty scary and you know it may be outside pressure from your family or friends or like you said you know it may just be for yourself you realize wow i i really do look at this person differently this feels so much more intense and like i said at the beginning of today um I think we also crave that intense connection with somebody, um, but the, the prospect of it makes us incredibly uncomfortable. And so I think marriage as a whole just represents that, that wow, that, that, is a, that is a huge thing I'm about to do, and that makes me so uncomfortable. And the joy potentially of what it can bring, I think today is um, overshadowed by the potential failure of it, especially with the divorce rate that we have these days. Absolutely. So, so to answer your question, Jess, um, what contributes to the decrease in marriage is, um, the outside stresses. There's, there's no more pressure, outside pressure. All right. Um, this next one is from Kayla. What's up, Kayla? Hi, Kayla. Kayla writes, Dear WWM crew, are women who don't believe in traditional roles affecting the success of relationships? Kayla. I probably should turn once again, Alexis, I'm going to turn that to you because you're the woman that's on the panel right now. <laughs> so, so her question is that women that don't believe in traditional roles. monogamous, what, what is it? Traditional roles. Oh, like, mm-hmm. like stay at home, take care of the house, right? I guess or that's what it means. Monogamous, yeah, yeah whatever, yeah. Yeah, however you interpret it. 
that it's that it's affecting the success of the relationship? Was that essentially the question? Exactly. Um, hmm. No, I I don't think so. To be to be blunt about it, no, I don't think that women who don't who um sort of take on roles outside of what we consider traditional are affecting success of relationships. Um, I think both men and women simultaneously are shifting their roles and their expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, I see more and more there are there are men that stay at home uh, while women go out and work. Um, uh, men are, you know, dads are raising the kids while women go do what they do. There's so many, and I, I hesitate to use this title, but working moms, I think moms that don't work outside of the home still are working, but working moms, you know, have a job uh, outside of the home and also raise the kids. Um, if anything, I think it's sort of rocking the boat and and how maybe we relate to each other, but I don't think that it's ultimately prohibiting the success of a relationship. If anything, I think it's giving us more and more opportunities to have conversations about, hey, you know what? I'm a woman. I'm an individual. This is what I want. It's beyond what's traditional for me, and this feels good, and a man can say the same thing. Hey, I'm a man. I don't have these traditional things they need and want to do. This feels good. And then you look for a partner that supports that. So, in fact, I think it's actually the opposite. It's an increasing the potential for relationship success. Speaking of which, I just imagined, I want to shake the hand of the guy who's the stay-at-home dad, and I want to shake the hand of the woman who provides for the guy who's a stay stay at home dad because that mm-hmm. house must just smell like farts just it's all a, up and down. <laughs> that is not true. I was, all... <laughs> I was a stay at home. Okay. It did smell like farts. <laughs> Perfect. So, um, I, I completely agree with you. And so, uh, Kayla, to answer your question, if women, um, that don't believe in traditional roles, if there are sick, affecting the success of relationships i would say yes i would say they're making them more successful because i don't know what guy doesn't want to stay at home all day doing nothing right (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right next one is from aaron what's up aaron what up aaron aaron writes um dear wwm crew should flirting be considered cheating. What? No. Aaron. No. No. You can smell, you can smell the flowers. What? No. How is that not cheating? No, 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 no. no you but, can smell the flowers. You can't pick no, them. No, no, no. Because there's some differences. <laughs> they, there's flirtatious people who don't realize they're being flirtatious. I'm, I'm that guy. I, 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 I flirt. And it's not on purpose. And I'm not doing it to be... Because if I'm in a committed relationship, I'm committed. My flirting is just my personality. I'm like that with a lot of people. I'm like that with customers it's, that wait, come hang on, on hang, 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 hang on a sec. So all the times they flirted with me, it, it, it's meant nothing to you. Nothing. <laughs> what? It, it means nothing. I'm going what? Home. <laughs> I, I'm sorry to burst your guys' bubbles, but no, no I, I think I think that if you're flirting to gain a reaction, yes. If you're flirting not knowing it, and Either it's way, just because of who you I are, then I, I I don't see an issue with it. I, I, all right, my whole thing is you can't. You gotta think as humans, as animals, humans are animals. You want variety, right? So in the back of your head, you're like, man, look at her. Look at her. Same with women. They do the same thing. I have an older sister. She's just as gross as I am. And she'll, oh, man, look at his chest. Oh, look at his. And even that doesn't mean I want that. That's just like, that's nice to look at. And me saying. But that's not flirting, though. But yeah, that's not that's li- okay. That's um, so the, the like, interaction with the person. Oh yeah, it's okay. Like that's you're going out. Okay, 
flirting. That is okay. okay. I, I completely disagree. If, if, if you're secure enough with your relationship or yourself, just okay. And if, Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. We're not going to determine whether or not they cheat on you. Okay. Well, no, no. Is it considered cheating? Let me, let me ask no. you this. Let me ask you this. If you had a girl, mm-hmm. Chris, you both are talking to someone right now, right? Yeah. If you had a girl who you were talking to, and every time that you guys went out, she would flirt with the waiter or the Go bartender, ahead. and the, you guys are cool with that. Guess what? No. I'm her ride home. No. She's coming back to my house. <laughs> see, see, wait, wait, see, I, I'm not okay with them flirting like that. If it's if it's flirting to try and get a reaction, that that's not okay. If mm-hmm. it's flirting not on purpose because that's just your bubbly personality, that's totally fine. But I'm not going to go out personally and go with my buddies to go out drinking and and play some pool and and start flirting with mm-hmm. some girls next door. To me, that's cheating okay. because now now I'm going above and beyond. With if the you don't get their number, I'm gonna I'm 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 test not. this out. I'm gonna test it out on you guys. I'm gonna flirt with both your guys' yeah, girls. Go ahead. <laughs> we'll see how you guys like that. But when she shuts you down, I'm just gonna laugh at you. <laughs> Alexis, has you have you ever dated someone who was flirting with someone else? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. With you? oh yeah, all the time. And it, it may have been me that was doing the flirting. Um, no, I I uh, I agree with you guys. Um, I think really when it comes down to flirting, like you said, there are some people that just have that type of personality. They walk into a room and kind of all eyes on them and they're just pretty, you know, talkative and make friends really quickly. There's, there's that type of thing. And then there's, there's flirting with intent, right? So if you're, if you're trying to get somebody's attention or if you're trying to get somebody's number or something like that, then maybe you need to, you know, ask yourself, Hey, am I, am I not getting what I need at home? Am I, am I flirting with other people because I'm not getting the attention that I need in my own relationship or something like that? Yeah. So, you know, I always like to turn it back around on myself and say, okay, is this just for fun or is this coming because there's a, there's a lack in something mm-hmm. that I'm experiencing? So, oh my gosh. Um, yeah, yeah, once again, just, just intense. I, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's cheating right off the bat, but if you continue to flirt with someone and you're getting the response that you wanted, the one that you elicited, and you keep going with it, then you need to ask yourself what's, what's going on. I'm a, maybe I'm about to cross the line. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that statement 100%. Okay. Okay, so Aaron, to, to answer your question, should flirting be considered cheating? Not necessarily. It depends on the level of flirting. If you're going around slapping girls' asses, yeah, yeah, like that's yeah, come on now. <laughs> that's more sexual harassment. <laughs> Not if they like it. Not if they like it. I found yeah. that out in court. It's All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next one. This one is from Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. Up, Stephanie. All right. Stephanie writes When do you feel is a good time for both people in a relationship to move in together? Never. Stephanie. Never, never, said, don't, never, don't do it. What? No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, I, I, oh, is that for who's that question for? That's for everybody. That's for okay, the table. From, from from my experience of living with uh, girlfriends, um, be it's usually right before you decide to either get engaged or get married. I think I think you should live with that person for at least a year, if not more, just to know like. I hate the way you brush your teeth. They're like the way you eat popcorn annoys the crap out of me, and I can't do it. Or you squeeze from the middle of the tube with the toothpaste, and I just can't do this no more. I gotta ghost you. <laughs> it's just you have to, cause, cause yeah. I mean, cause you know how when when you first meet a girl, she's perfect. She's man, her she, her hair always smells good, and like you know she. But then there's other gross stuff that either you do or she does, or both you guys do that neither one of you can stand. And you're always on your best behavior when you don't see each other all the time. But then you slowly start letting your guard down. And that's what really helps figure out, okay, do I really want to stay with this person or am I just going to end this? 
Absolutely. Like, I don't like the way that you slap that girl's ass over there. <laughs> that that kind of throws me off. Uh, Stephanie, um, how, how do you feel about... Uh, when, Stephanie, Stephanie, Alexis. I'm sorry, Alexis, sorry. <laughs> uh, Alexis, how do you feel about um, uh, people moving in together and what part of the relationship should that be focused on? Uh, yeah, I agree with the, the timeline that was presented so far. I think ideally it's best to wait until you have pretty much figured out that this is someone that you you might want to make a deeper commitment to, whether that's you know engagement or whatever your next step is. Um, I, I highly, highly, highly suggest you don't do it right off the bat. Okay. Um, for all the reasons that you were just saying, that you know when you, when you live with each other, it sort of forces a level of intimacy that you may not be prepared for. Yeah. And, you know, it actually could turn you off. All of those things that you think might be cute later on, too early on can just be like, whoa, that's way too much information. I don't need to know all of that. And you do sort of fast forward through that honeymoon period where everything is a beautiful mystery or like you're saying, how does that person smell so good all the time? So there is, there is sort of a sweet spot as you've matured into your relationship with each other. You do need to know sort of that, what I like to call the, the shadow side of somebody. What do they mm-hmm. look like when they wake up? You know, how how grumpy are they before they have their coffee? Um, things like that. How uh, many farts do and, they make but, when they're a stay-at-home dad? <laughs> <laughs> and then, but then at the same time, you know, when you do finally make that decision to move in with each other, I would highly suggest um, that you still have a space that is yours someplace that you can go to be away from your partner every once in a while, whether it's for a night or just for a couple of hours, where if you guys are having a rough time, it's like a little retreat that you can go to, a friend's house, something like that, because it is important to take that time away from each other so Mm -hmm. that you just don't, you know, ignite a situation that could get worse just because you feel forced to be in each other's presence. Okay. So, So would you feel that it's better to do it before marriage? I do. I think it's better today. I think it's better to do it before marriage because, mm-hmm. as you guys were saying, there's there's so many little idiosyncrasies that you learn about a person and you live with them, and you have to think, "Oof, is this something I can deal with for for the rest of my life, <laughs> yeah. or do we have to, you know, nip this habit in the bud right now?" Um, so I do. I do think that there is uh, there's more success when you live with the person beforehand, not for too long, but just enough to get a taste of what that person's yeah. like. Okay. Absolutely. You know, that reminds me of a time of where I went on a date with this girl that I met online. She was a real cute girl. We hit it off, went to the circus, and then went out for dinner afterwards. And then she disclosed to me that she was a Satanist. Couldn't pick that up anywhere. (laughs) Anywhere. Yeah. So I could imagine if I moved in with someone. And like, oh, yeah, by the way, here's my satanical ritual. (laughs) <laughs> that I have in my corner over here. I pray on, on Sundays to, 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 to uh, Satan. Yeah, that would be awkward. I feast on my, 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 my other half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, let's see. Let's see what's here it in the refrigerator. I got, I got some old pizza. <laughs> that might be fun. You're <laughs> sick. <laughs> let's see what's in the refrigerator. I got some old pizza. I got some cornbread. Sacrifice goat. What you want? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so Stephanie, to answer your question, um, sooner than later... And make sure that you can get your space because you want to know if you can live with them forever. And, but not also, too also, soon. Don't, not don't, too soon. Don't get pregnant until you're married. Yeah, don't get pregnant. All right. No. <laughs> Next one. Um, this one is from Stacy. What's Hi, up, Stacy? What up? Stacy writes, what is the best way to share holidays with both families? Stacy. Chris. 
you have you have a family, right? Yeah, I've I've actually gone through this. It's um that it, it's difficult, but doing it is uh, is beneficial. So there's a couple ways to do it. One year at your family's, one year at the others, or if your family lives in the same area, both your families are in the same area, you split the day. Who wants hmm. to do morning Christmas and who wants to do evening Christmas or Christmas Eve and then Christmas Day? Um, you can celebrate Christmas in more than one day. Um, it, nothing says that you have to celebrate Christmas only on Christmas Day. You have Christmas Eve. You have, you, I mean, you can even do it New Year's. I, I, I've known families that did a, a, a New Year's Christmas where they celebrated Christmas and the New Year. So there, there's multiple ways to get around it. And if you can both equally figure out what's going to be best for, for you guys and for your family so everyone gets equal time, I think everything's good. Absolutely. Can I can I add a little to that? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so I totally agree with what you just said. And in addition to that, um, you know, some holidays are more important to one part of the partnership than the other. So maybe, for example, you know, in, in my family, we celebrate Christmas and it's, it's super important to us. But to my partner, Christmas is not such a big deal. They don't have any traditions surrounding it. So... I think probably for the rest of our partnership together, Christmas is going to be a holiday that we're going to spend with my family by default just because it means more to us, right? And so maybe, I don't know, maybe Halloween means more to them. So sometimes you can look at it as, you know, which part of the partnership has more emotional value attached to the holiday as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And it doesn't always have to be equal in how much time you spend. It's more like, well, this is super important to my family, not so important to you. So they can continue to forfeit seeing us until, you know, Easter or something like that. So emotional value is important too. Absolutely. And, um, you know, something that people could also do is just like, uh, to celebrate a day before with one family, celebrate the day or the weekend yeah. of with another family. Yeah, um, there's multiple options to how you can go about it. As long as both p- parties and families are gonna be adult about it and figure it out, so nobody's feelings get hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, it's perfect. It, it works out one way or the other. Exactly. So, so Stacy, to answer your question, the best way to share holidays with with two families is you know see what works best with or with either family and kind of go from there and uh, celebrate with both. All right. And this one is our last one. This one is from Michael. What's up, Michael? Hi, Michael. Michael writes, <laughs> Dear WWM crew, how long should a stable relationship last before you pop the question of marriage? Michael. How long should a stable relationship? Can you read that one more time? How long should a stable relationship last before you pop the question of marriage. I'm going to say that's that's left that's to the individual. Yeah, that's up to you. That, that, that's up to you and that's up to, to, to your other half. Uh, oh, how fast or how slow you want to go. Whether you know where it's going to lead and you, you kind of want to you want to jump the, the gun and go for it as long as the other half is okay with that and they know that that's what they're getting into and they feel the same as you, I think or, you're or, fine. Or just have conversations about it yeah. before you say, hey, you know what, let's get married. Like. Because you know how in movies they romanticize getting married, like they're in a rest crowded restaurant and you just propose out of nowhere. Everyone starts clapping. Like I, I think proposing should be, hey, so this is going this far. That we've done all this. So where do you see this going? And it should be a one-on-one conversation you have with your significant yeah, other. Yeah, I, I completely. It shouldn't agree. be just a sp- uh, spur of the moment kind of thing. False, so, absolutely false. This is yeah, what you no. should do. You ready for this? <laughs> <laughs> That's what you should do. You should do the stupidest thing that you've ever done in your life. 
do the stupidest thing that you ever like. Just use all your savings that you guys saved up. Use yeah. like fucking use retirement. all your money on gambling. Put, your put retirement. The, for, for put the K. ring in a in a cake so she just, breaks just, a couple no, teeth. Look, you know. Look, look, <laughs> hey, hold, up. hold off on the ring. Hold off on the ring. You have to do the stupidest thing first. Go freaking parasailing and forget your wallet at home like go to Mexico and just like don't Lose pay for gas just do something <laughs> stupid together where if she still likes you after that that's marriage right there. I will, I will marriage get down party. on it if that, that could be after on. a week it's, it, if it's after a week and she's all for it then you're yeah. solid get and married s- pop the question no. every, take out the biggest loan you can and buy the most but, expensive ridiculous ring forget a down payment on the house I, I really do think there's really no time frame it all depends on the individuals absolutely now Alexis how do you feel about that What's the time frame? Yeah, I don't think there is a rule book that says, you know, if you're not engaged by this time, get out. Or if you do it too early, get out. I I don't think there's really a rule book. Um, I also just think it sort of depends upon the actual age of the people in the relationship. Amen. Um, You know, somebody that's 18, 19, 20, you, you still have a lot of growing to do. And you may find that you're with your partner for a little bit longer. You may grow apart and that might be good to save yourself from heartache to not, you know, jump into a marriage, you mm-hmm. know, after underneath a year of being together. Somebody that's a little bit older, you know, thirties, forties, you kinda know yourself, maybe you've grown you know, you've grown into who you're gonna be. So maybe you can have a shorter sort of relationship that before you dive into marriage. Um, I think probably statistically sometimes between the two year mark around the two year mark is when the average couple gets engaged but but once again you know don't hold yourself to a standard that you're not comfortable with have the conversations figure out do you want kids do you not want kids take your age and finances into effect and then you know yeah go parasailing and uh, forget your wallet and go for it (laughs) yeah (laughs) there we go Awesome. So thank you, Alexis Marin. Now, what what is a good way for people to get a hold of you if they want to um, get a session with you? Sure, yeah. They can go to my website, which is www.alexismarin.com. Um, they can fill out a contact form there. I also have my phone number on there. They can also reach me on Instagram at Lexi Loves Drama. Um, and uh, you can send me an email, and I usually respond right away. All right, awesome. Thank Perfect. you very much. Thank yeah, you. Thank you, thank you Alexis. Uh, you, very informative. And uh, as we met you down there, you, you, you had an awesome spirit too. And I, I'm sure anyone who goes to you for counseling can get something out of it. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. It was a privilege being with you. And uh, I look forward to hearing from you guys again. Awesome. One more thing I'd like to add. Uh, don't look at counseling as if you have a problem. It can benefit anybody, whether you're happy, sad, what, no matter what goes on. I've done it. Uh, my parents still have still do go to counseling and their marriage is great so don't look at it as a negative thing look at it as a way just to be enlightened yes and i know a lot of people who get you some counseling yeah <laughs> look <laughs> right at them <laughs> <laughs> oh oh over there <laughs> awesome but yes thank you very much alexis marin everyone and uh we will go ahead and catch everybody later this is d adonis this is truex and this is Karee. we'll catch you later bye-bye if you'd like your question asked on air, email us at wwmpodcast at gmail.com. Follow and like on Facebook at What's With Millennials. Follow on Instagram at WWM underscore show. And send us a tweet at WWM show. What's With Millennials Podcasts.